Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Let's Talk Law podcast with me, your host, Wendy M. If you tuned into last week's episode, then you would know that we talked about student speech at school. Our case this week is actually related to schools and is also about the First Amendment, but it's about a different part of that amendment. Our last three cases, including this week, have actually all been about the First Amendment, so I don't know if anyone really needs another recap. But if this is the first episode that you're listening to, or maybe you do just need a little refresher since last week's episode, then here's the First Amendment. It says, quote-unquote, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances, end quote. So today, the part we're actually going to focus on is called the Establishment Clause of the First Amendment, which I feel like we have talked about before on this podcast. Anyway, the Establishment Clause is related to the part that says, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. The Establishment Clause basically says that the government must protect citizens' right to practice their religion as they please, as long as this religion and the practice of it does not come into conflict with a compelling governmental interest. With that information out of the way, we can jump right into this week's case, which is called Zelman v. Simmons-Harris. In 1995, the Cleveland City School District was placed under state control by a federal district court, which had declared a quote-unquote crisis of magnitude, end quote. The public schools in many of the poorer parts of of Cleveland were deemed failures. The legislature enacted the Pilot Project Scholarship in an effort to address the problem of education in Cleveland. The program allowed parents of qualified students in the Cleveland School District from the years 1996 to 1997 to use public money to pay for tuition at private schools in the program, which included religious schools. Of the 56 private schools that agreed with the program, six of them were religious at this time. The program's aim was to better the low educational performance of the students in the Cleveland City School District. The pilot program provided tuition vouchers for up to $2,225 a year to some parents of students in the school district to attend any of the public or private schools in the city and neighboring suburbs. It also gave financial aid for students who were remaining in public schools. The financial aid vouchers were given to parents according to their financial need, and parents chose where to enroll their children. However, since the number of students that applied to the program was much larger than the number of available vouchers, 
Winners were chosen by lottery among the eligible vouchers. By the 1999-2000 school year, 82% of the participating private schools had some sort of religious affiliation. 96% of the students that received vouchers were enrolled in religiously affiliated schools, and 60% were from low-income families at or below the poverty line. Schools that were a part of this pilot scholarship were not allowed to discriminate on the basis of race, religion, or ethnic background. They also were not able to, quote-unquote, advocate or foster unlawful behavior or teach hatred of any person or group on the basis of race, ethnicity, national origin, or religion, end quote. In 1999, a group of Ohio taxpayers that included Doris Simmons Harris filed a suit in federal court against Susan Zellman, who was, at the time, the superintendent of public education in Ohio. The taxpayers claimed that the scholarship program violated the Establishment Clause of the First Amendment that regards um, religion. Simmons-Harris and other residents in the Cleveland area argued that the government, quote-unquote, could not pay tuition for students to attend religious schools, end quote. In a local federal district court and the Court of Appeals for the Sixth Circuit, the case was actually ruled in favor of Simmons-Harris and the taxpayers. The reason that Simmons-Harris and other taxpayers used the First Amendment and the idea that the scholarship violated the Establishment Clause was because the clause guarantees freedom of religion and prohibits the government from establishing an official religion and passing any legislation that prefers one religion over another. Since the scholarship program was designed to provide no incentive for religious private, secular private, or private schools, the taxpayers didn't want their money to pay for children who wanted religious schooling. The case was argued in the United States Supreme Court on February 20, 2002. It was decided a few months later on June 27, 2002. The judges on the case were Rehnquist, Stevens, O'Connor, Scalia, Kennedy, Souter, Thomas, Ginsburg, and Breyer. The final vote was a close 5-4 to four in favor of Susan Zellman, the superintendent of public education. The majority opinion was written and delivered by Chief Justice William H. Rehnquist. The other judges in the majority were O'Connor, Scalia, Kennedy, and Thomas. In his opinion, Rehnquist wrote that the court held that the program did not violate the Establishment Clause. The court held that because Ohio's program was created to better the education of students, the government aid was used only for religious institutions through the deliberate choice of the scholarship winners. Rehnquist wrote that, quote-unquote, the Ohio program is entirely neutral with respect to religion. 
It provides benefits directly to a wide spectrum of individuals defined only by financial need and residence in a particular school district. It permits such individuals to exercise genuine choice among public and private, secular and religious. The program is therefore a program of true private choice, end quote. The majority came together and also stated that the Ohio program passed a five-part test that was developed by the court called the private choice test. It states that for a voucher to be constitutional, it must pass all five criteria. The five criteria are that the program must have a valid secular purpose, aid must go to parents, not schools, a broad class of beneficiaries must be covered, the program must be neutral with respect to religion, and there must be adequate non-religious options. The court ruled that the Ohio program passed the test because the valid secular purpose of the program was, quote-unquote, providing educational assistance to poor children in a demonstrably failing public school system, end quote. The vouchers were given to the parents, the quote-unquote broad class, was all students enrolled in currently failing programs. Parents who received vouchers were not required to enroll in a religious-based school, and there were other public schools in adjoining districts as well as non-religious private schools in the Cleveland area that would accept the vouchers. The court declared the program to be religiously neutral and giving parents the benefit of true private choice. In her concurring opinion, Justice O'Connor wrote that the program made no real and clear distinction between religious and non-religious schools and that both were equal educational alternatives. The judges in the minority were Stevens, Souter, Ginsburg, and Breyer. In his dissenting opinion, Justice Souter argued that the voucher program used taxpayer dollars for religious and secular instruction. He cited the case Everson v. Board of Education, where it was decided that no tax could support religious means. Because Ohio's program offered aid to those that wanted to attend religious private schools, Souter argued that Ohio's program violated the ruling of Everson. If I had to give a quick summary of this case, then I would say there was a scholarship program that gave students and parents financial aid to attend either religious or non-religious schools. Since a majority of the schools were non-secular and binded to a religion, some parents felt that this violated the Establishment Clause, which states that the government cannot create and enforce the practice of any certain religion. They argued that their tax dollars were being used to fund a scholarship where students could pick religious schools, which meant that their money was being used to promote certain religions or religious ideas. Although the lower court sided with the taxpayers, the United States Supreme Court found that parents and students had free private choice in selecting the school they attended, which means that the program was not advocating for any specific religion. 
I like this case because it talks about a part of the First Amendment that maybe a lot of people don't think about. Most of the time when you think of the First Amendment, you may just think about free speech, but now I hope you'll think about the Establishment Clause, too. Now, before I end off this week's episode, I do want to add in our little fact of the week. This time, it's from Kentucky, where throwing flowers at a public speaker is is considered illegal. The law reads, quote-unquote, Any person who interferes with any person addressing a public audience within this state who interrupts such person while speaking by the use of insulting or offensive language or appropriate epithets applied to the speaker or who attempts to interrupt or injure the speaker by throwing missiles of any kind at him shall be fined not less than $50.00 nor more than $500, or imprisoned for not less than one year, nor more than six months, or both. So, end quote, if you're ever captivated by someone's speech in Kentucky, I would just stick to clapping. And so, that wraps up this week's episode. If you want to give me any suggestions or feedback, then feel free to email me at letstalklawwm at gmail.com, or you can find me over on Instagram at Let's Talk Law Podcast. Remember to check back every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for another new episode. Until then, bye!